So Florida has iguanas. Oh, yeah. They can be annoying. They can be ugly. Can they be life-threatening? Hard to believe that. Right? Yeah. Plus, one Florida deputy may want to change his career to an NFL wideout, we'll explain. Interesting. And, hey, we're halfway to Christmas, Uh right? So uh, I guess that means it's time for one Florida city to take a look at their naughty list. All that and more coming up on this week's episode of the Florida Freak Show. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, step right up for the Florida Freak Show. Welcome back to the Florida Freak Show. I'm Corey O'Donnell. And I'm Kirsten O'Donnell. And if you've ever read a Florida news story online or seen a Sunshine State newscast, you know that Florida's greatest export are weird stories about the people who live and play here. And we have some of those to share today, don't we, Kirsten? We sure do. We do. Ripped Ripped from the headlines. From the headlines. (laughs) Absolutely. This one from ClickOrlando.com. Okay. You know, Florida's stand-your-ground law is in the headlines once again. And this time it's not because of a citizen defending themselves during a break-in or a burglary. Ah. This time it's in the headlines because of a lizard. Okay. P.J. Patterson will stand trial on felony animal cruelty charges after beating an iguana to death and then claiming Stand Your Ground as his defense. Oh, boy. Stand Your Ground, of course, allows a person under attack and who reasonably fears death to use deadly force against their attacker. But this seems to be the first time that a defendant has attempted to use the law against a critter. Oh, Patterson argued that the iguana was the aggressor that bit him, and he was afraid it had injected poison into him. He claimed he used force against the reptile to avoid bodily harm. However, the attack was caught on surveillance video, and Patterson was seen kicking the iguana 17 times in the half-hour attack. Oh, my goodness. A Palm Beach County Circuit judge rejected Patterson's stand-your-ground defense, By the way, under Florida law, iguanas are invasive species and you can kill them, only it has to be done humanely. Yeah. Patterson could get up to five years in prison if he's convicted. Just unbelievable. Like, how can you fear for your life from an iguana? Yeah, they look scary. Sure. But, you know, typically they're going to run away from humans. Yeah. Unless, of course, they're provoked. Yeah. Oh, I'm. I am. Believe me, I am not the biggest fan of reptiles. No. Don't like snakes. No. Don't like gators and no. all that sort of stuff. I'm kind of freaked out by them. But this is a little ri- ridiculous and extreme. And uh, okay, to be fair, mm. it was a good size iguana. Yeah. It was like a three foot iguana. That's big. Big iguana. That's big. Yeah. Um, you know, as a five nine human being, I am. While maybe a little nervous, I certainly don't think it can threaten my life. No, it's just, yeah, it's just a little hard to like, you know, suspend disbelief on this one. Yeah, iguanas, not poisonous. (laughs) No, no, they are not. No venom. No. They do have have sharp teeth, I'm sure. Yeah. And there are, you know, rumors of the very large ones occasionally attacking a household pet, which is... Sad. I can understand though if that were if that if that were happening in this case where you may feel like, oh, my family is in danger. Sure. Because pets are family. My pet is in danger. My toddler is in danger. Yes. Absolutely. As an adult man, am yeah. I in danger? Ooh. Yeah. Well, and especially I mean, thank goodness this was caught on video because you can really see that he really wasn't that much in danger. Yeah. Uh, but you really have to look out for those home invasions from the iguanas. You know? <laughs> they're, they're always going after the family jewels. So, Oh, which family jewels are those? Hey, whichever they need to go after, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm no attorney. Yeah. 
disclaimer, <laughs> I am neither an attorney nor do I play one on TV. Okay. Um, but I'm pretty sure that part of Stand Your Ground isn't just that you feel threatened. Mm. Um, I, I think your attacker has to be breaking the law in some way. Like they have to be trespassing or they have to have entered illegally or have broken in or, right. you know, it's not just... I feel threatened, therefore I can shoot you. Right. I think there's more to it than that. Again, I'm no attorney. Yeah. Legal advice not given here. <laughs> no. No, but you make a good point. That's probably part of the letter of the law, but you do hear a lot of stories about these stand your ground situations where it doesn't necessarily always feel like the other person is breaking the law. And I'm not sure the iguana was breaking the law. Are are there iguana like are there iguana laws? I don't know. Is it like maritime law where there's Could a be. whole other set of laws that apply in certain circumstances? Could be. You know, if if we're really going to split hairs here, he was probably here way, or his species was here probably way before ours was. So why is he, the iguana a male? I don't, or she. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So so do you do you have you seen a lot of iguanas? I mean, our part of Florida doesn't have as many as the Miami area. I've seen area my does. share fair share. I it, I was trying to think of the last time I saw mm-hmm. one in the scales. I really, it's been a while, probably uh, over at, uh, over at our in-law, my in-laws. Oh they, yeah, yeah, my dad's saw, house. Yeah, we, we saw, saw at the, uh, we saw one on sunning the, on, on the, the seawall. Yeah. They're always sunning themselves. Yeah, sunning on the seawall. It was not very large. It was maybe a foot, foot and a half long. Yeah. It was a very vivid green, very beautiful. I um, do remember when we saw them in Puerto Rico and how like sort of docile they were. Yeah. You could like really get close to them. Uh, not that I was trying to get super close, but it was just pretty amazing that they wouldn't. Oh, and in St. Thomas when yeah. we were at that oh, yeah. park, yes, and they were big. Mm. They they were Very black iguanas. Big. They weren't they weren't those shiny, pretty green iguanas. <laughs> they they no. There's there's different breeds of yeah. iguanas. Yeah. I'm not being an iguana racist here. They were black iguanas. That's yes. the breed. Okay, That's the way it works. Um, I the first iguana I saw down here. We had been here, I don't know, maybe four or five months, and it was mm-hmm. when I worked at the TV station. Yeah. And I pulled into the parking lot, and right when you pull in the parking lot, there's a ton of satellite dishes, and they're all kind of on this big concrete pad. Right. And on the concrete pad, basking in the sun, was, was this large iguana, like mm. I'd say four feet probably, like wow. eight a good-sized iguana. Oh, uh, yeah. And I walked in the newsroom, and I was like, is anyone else concerned that there's a dinosaur in the parking lot? And they were like, oh, no, that's just you know Ralph or whatever. Yeah. He hangs out by the satellite dishes. Just ignore him. And I'm like, <laughs> what is this place we have moved to? Yeah. It's a... It's a Shangri-La, apparently, of wild animals. Yeah. But, you know, we've got, you know, so we've got the iguana. Are raccoons next? Like, who's next going to be on the stand your ground? A rabbit? Well, raccoons do wear those masks like they're going to rob the place. you got a point here. I just be worried about, you know, maybe like a rabbit. I don't need a bunny trying to inject poison into me. Oh, yeah. Vicious bunnies. Vicious. Vicious. Poisonous bunnies. With fangs. Yes. Fangs. Yeah, I'm not a fan of scaly creatures. I'm not a fan of creepy crawlies. But come on, live and let live. Yeah. All right. Un- unless you're a palmetto bug and then die. Yeah. Die quickly. Die quickly. Die horribly. Yes. We don't want your kind around here. We we do not. 
All right, our next story comes to us from fox13news.com. When John Henry James III doesn't want to get arrested, he's willing to go to some pretty extreme lengths. On May 26, James dodged some roadblocks during an attempted traffic stop, then led authorities on a lengthy police chase, striking the front end of a cruiser, running over a set of stop sticks, and then finally ducking into a busy residential area. Wow. Well, that's when Indian River County Sheriff's deputies decided to just follow him from a distance until James turned into an apartment complex where cops were able to box him in. Got him. Realizing he was trapped, James bailed out of the car, grabbing a two-month-old passenger and then chucking the baby at a cop as a distraction. Okay. The deputy caught the baby while James fled on foot, but he was captured quickly by deputies. Wow. Cops are throwing the book at James, stating, you can't throw a baby at us and expect us to treat you with kid gloves. James has been charged with two felony counts of aggravated child abuse, felony aggravated battery on an officer, reckless driving, and resisting arrest. The baby, by the way, was taken to safety. Well, that's great to know. And uh, by the way, paging coach Urban Meyer, the Jaguars ought to sign up this deputy. Like, what a great set of hands on this guy. (laughs) Catching that baby. Absolutely. It's a good thing the sheriff's office had the uh, all-hands team out there for this play. You need it. It was a pivotal play in the series. It's it's the time when you really need that all-hands team on deck. That's for sure. (laughs) Nicely done. Yeah. This whole thing seems like something out of a police academy movie, though, it doesn't does. it? Like, yeah. someone throws a baby at Steve Gutenberg, uh-huh. and then he's forced to adopt. Oh my God, is that like the backstory behind Three Men and a Baby? <gasps> like Steve Gutenberg gets a baby thrown at him, and then he has to move in with Ted Danson, and it's a perfect plot. Tom point. Selleck. Yes. Yes. Perfect. Perfect plot point. Magnum PI shows up. That guy from Cheers. Come on. And they're all raising a baby that got thrown at them by a by a derelict. Well, it's it's good somebody is because somebody's going to need to raise that kid. So where's Michael Winslow? Where's Hightower in this whole thing? <laughs> or, or we're talking about a different movie altogether. Yeah. I, I mean, Police Academy, Three Men and a Baby, whatever. It's all Steve <laughs> Gutenberg. Yeah. I can't name anything else he was in. Oh, so many things. Really? He was in Short Circuit. We were talking about that. Yeah, the never other day. seen it. Yeah, you never saw it. But. Looked terrible. Anyway, uh, but really, this John James guy was really destined to be caught, I think. Slamming into police cruisers and running over stop sticks. Not the best driver ever. First of all, it's John Henry James the John Third. John Henry James the Third, Which either sounds like a senator or a serial killer. Yeah. I can't decide which. Or like a Thurston Howe uh, relative. Oh, okay. John Henry James the Third. So... Yeah, uh, like you said, if you're running from the cops during a routine traffic stop, yeah. you know, clearly you have probably done something wrong at yeah. some point. Um, Not the best look. Did he steal the baby? Is that what he did wrong? We don't know whose baby it was. Was it's it never was explained. it baby James? But was there, it someone else's baby? I don't know, but there there wasn't any kidnapping. Baby like- jacking. Yeah, baby jacking count in in his charges. So no, yeah, it's so possible it, it could have been his own. No carjacking. So crazy. And PSA: if you're going to carjack, make sure there's no babies in the car. No. But uh, yeah, yeah, Do like a quick check, real quick. Yeah, not sure if it was his baby. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. It certainly makes it a much more interesting story if it was. Uh, I I can't blame the cops over being ticked off at the guy. They're used to crooks doing all kinds of stupid stuff. 
But you don't throw a baby guy. Not cool, bro. Don't do it. No, I, I feel like that's just a step too far. Yeah. You could have done everything else, but keep the baby out of it. Yeah. Our next story comes to us from Spectrum News 13. Palm Coast, Florida has had its share of challenges in 2021. First, their mayor resigned in May, and then that was followed less than two weeks later by their city manager, who also resigned. Okay. And now there's the revelation that the city has been keeping a secret list of what it calls difficult citizens since 2016. Oh. The purpose of the list apparently was to protect city workers from residents that the city deemed threatening or difficult. And some entries may have been justified, like the citizen who chucked a spear at an occupied city truck. Yeah. But others on the list were included for more vague reasons, like directing profane language at a staff member. Okay. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's a little weird. The naughty list technically wasn't actually a secret since it was discovered through a public record request. However, (laughs) citizens were never informed that they were a part of it, nor did they have any kind of opportunity to appeal their placement on the list. City Council has voted to suspend the list, but of course, it isn't actually going away because as a Florida public record, the list will be around for decades to come. Well, if you didn't think some local officials were a bit crooked, this naughty list ought to put that to bed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, Now, let me say this. I have never worked at a place that didn't have difficult customers. Sure. And whether or not there's an actual written list or a list stored on a computer somewhere, everybody knows who they are. Yeah. At the TV station, it's the people who make the crazy phone calls Mm -hmm. and send the crazy emails. At a store, it's a guy who, you know, complains about the return policy every time he's there. And at a city, who is it, Corey? You know. It's always like the people that are always showing up to the city council meetings all the time. Right. And making a big fuss about you, everything. Using their rights. As they as they do, as they have as citizens. As citizens but, you know, to use all of their two minutes at every city council meeting during that uh, public public area right. uh, period. But it's like the proverb of the boy who cried wolf. If you're constantly going there and always complaining about absolutely everything, then it's just going to fall on deaf ears. And apparently you're going to get, you know, find yourself on a list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A fecal yeah. roster, yeah. as I like to call a it. fecal roster. No. Uh, and a little pro tip for everybody. If you are the person that calls into the newsroom and it's always reporting on stuff, maybe change your name every once in a while. You use know, a different voice. Yeah, use a different Switch voice. Switch up the accent. Yeah. Like, work on your improv skills and get, <laughs> get this stuff figured out. You know, you're probably less likely, or at least you'll get a couple of names on a list. And that's maybe, I don't know, a good thing in itself. I was trying to decide right now if this is a badge of honor or a badge of horror. Oh, I don't really, point. like, you know, for some people, they're probably like, hey, I love the fact that, you know, that I'm getting under their skin and I'm showing up on their list. But, you know, other people, they're like, why is my name on this list? I feel like Florida is an entire state of difficult citizens. So it's probably really hard to delineate, you know, who makes the cut. Yeah. Well, wasn't it Henry David Thoreau that said, you know, (laughs) said that, you know, civil disobedience. So I guess it just depends on your level of civil disobedience. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I'm not quite sure. You, You like... I just I threw just threw a literary name out there. I would have thought it was like Thomas Paine. I have no idea. Well, I could be wrong. I'm just I'm literally just saying it off the top of my head. Somebody I'm sure will tell me if Maybe I'm it wrong was Kierkegaard. Or not. I have no clue. But I love that I'm, you know, that I'm 
<laughs> comparing these some of these Florida freaks to, you know, one of the most famous authors of the last 200 years. Yeah. So, okay. I, I know you'll appreciate this. Yeah. Shout out to the Sunshine Laws and yeah. the Open Records Laws here, right? Yes, absolutely. I think this is another win for the Sunshine Laws. If you're not familiar with or those, Open Records Laws, Open temp- Record Laws, as you would, yeah, as you would call it. We don't have a freak show podcast. We don't no. have this story if it isn't because of these laws. So we're obviously big fans of it, and that's one of the reasons why we really want to fight to keep it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and I've worked on both sides. So I've worked in the you media. Have, you have a unique perspective I have over a lot of people. also worked in the government. Yes. And I see both sides of it because absolutely the public should have access right. to what's going on in the government. You know, things should be open. We should know what's going on. There shouldn't be, you know, closed door meetings of right. council persons and that Smoke sort of thing. Smoke field rooms exactly. where decisions are being made and nobody knows about it. On the other hand, Mm -hmm. you can't get jack squat done in government because of these rules. Gums up the gears. It it absolutely gums up the gears. Um, You know, people always complain that government takes forever to do anything. Well. And it's totally true. Government does take forever to do anything. But part of the reason is because, A, everything is public record. Right. B, you have to have public meetings for any kind of major decision. And you should. Again, you should. Uh, People should be able to provide their feedback. But on some things where you have to have two public meetings and each meeting has to be advertised for a week and there has to be so much time between each meeting. And, you know, a, a minor project that could take just a couple of days to do, unfortunately, has to go through like a four month planning process mm-hmm. to follow all the Florida statutes. Right to allow it to happen legally. So yeah. when you complain about things happening slowly in government, there's a reason for it. And right. it's a good reason. It is a good reason. But Slo- it's also a gigantic pain. Right, right. Slow and steady wins the race. Slow and arduous is what it, it is what these processes, <laughs> you know, tend to be. And I mean, if I have to choose, I'd rather it be that way. Um, that's, there's a reason why the legal process is like that too. It's also a slow and arduous process as well, but you want people to make the right decisions. And if that means that they have to get, take more time to get more information, whatever it might be, it may not make you happy, but it's the way it is. And I'd rather have these laws in place and have that slow things down than the other way around. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword. It really is. I mean, like you said, we would not have this podcast if it were not for Florida's insanely open records laws. Right. And I know that this is one of the funniest stories we've done in a while, but it is something that we really think a lot about, like especially with our careers being the way that they are. And and so it's just kind of funny that this story sort of came out of it. Can you imagine if you had to have like four public meetings before you could do anything at your job? I, I no way, no way I would get anything done. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Could, I, I, I I certainly feel their pain because it would be hard. And uh, you know, I mean, I'm always very tactful with the way that I write my emails, but man, I feel like I'd really have to be even more so. Oh. Knowing that everybody would have the opportunity to see it. Yeah. Oh, every single email that I wrote <laughs> when I worked for the city was requested by um, certain reporters right. that worked at a certain newspaper that a certain uh, podcast co-host of mine used to work at. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So every email I wrote, I mean, you couldn't just fire off like an email. Nope. I 
agonized over every email I wrote because mm-hmm. it was like, is this going to end up being a story on the news? Yeah. Over the stupidest thing, like the toilet in the bathroom's overflowing. Sure. I, I can't write an email right. about that because yeah. it will be like on the front page of the news. City hall bathrooms overflowing. City manager does nothing about it. I mean, <laughs> it's it, it was absolutely insane. It it's was absolutely tough. insane. It, it certainly doesn't make anyone's job easier. And these sure. poor people on this list, I mean, they don't know they're on the list. The list exists. And yeah. guess what? Because of the, and I, I can't remember if this is a record, if this is the type of record that can be destroyed after 75 years, <laughs> or if this is the type of record that has to be maintained indefinitely. In perpetuity. In perpetuity. Thank wow. you. That's a good word. Um, either way, these people are on this list for the rest of their life. They're infamous. They, they are infamous. Santa is not the only one with a naughty list. There you go. And uh, next time you call to ask your to get your meter read, just be careful. You might get a lump of coal instead, right? Keep changing your name. That's all I got to say. <laughs> All right, our final story comes to us from Local10.com. All right. Nobody wants to use a gas station bathroom, right? No. But when you gotta go, you gotta go. Nature calls. That was apparently the case at a Miami 7-Eleven late last year. A customer got belligerent back in November when he was told that the bathrooms at the 7-Eleven were locked and not available for use. So the customer whipped out a gun, pointed it at the clerk, and threatened to shoot. Fortunately for the employee, the customer thought better of that plan and decided to flee the scene instead. Miami police have been trying to identify the culprit since the incident happened in November. Police have released surveillance video now and are hoping hoping that someone from the public may recognize the man. Well, I just think this could have been a real costly bathroom break. That's Mm. the first thing I see with this. The next thing I'm thinking is, I said, said it earlier with Nature Calls. So does that mean that when he whipped out the gun, is that a force for nature or is that a force against nature? I'm not sure. I don't know. But I feel like if he's using a gun, he's like, hey, I got nature happening back here. I need to get going. Let's make this happen. Yeah. Uh, whatever. It's it's a stupid get. It's a stupid joke about like a very serious issue, but it's crazy. Yeah. I, I don't know if I've ever needed to go to the bathroom so bad that I would pull a gun on someone. I mean... I have made some pretty, pretty scary bathroom stuff. There's been sure. some close calls. Sure, I have maybe drank a little much too too much coffee before a road trip uh-huh. before, and yeah. you know, been a little alarmed. Yeah. Um, but gas station bathrooms, Woo! yeah, like that's the worst part of a road trip, right? Yeah. yeah. No I, matter what, it's the worst part, and you, I, I really feel like. You've got to plan out your trip based on, like, where are we going to go if we have to go to the bathroom in this stretch? This is a big stretch. What are we going to do? We've seen it a number of times when we've had to go across Alligator Alley. Oh, yeah. There's a big stretch between those rest areas. There is. And they're both lovely rest areas. Yeah. I'm fine with stopping at either one of them. There's a lot of swamp land and nothing else in between them. No. But it's sort of like, hey, if you got to go, time to pipe up now because... It's another 40 miles after that. So I think it's even more than that. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And at its 40 miles of nothing. You're right. I'm almost positive it's more than that because it's like a couple hours to get across. There. <laughs> so yeah, 
That's crazy. So I used to have to drive every single weekend for my job. And right. a lot of times, like long drives through the country, middle of the night, yep. that kind of thing, two lane highways, you know, whatever. That's tough, tough sledding right there. Um, bathroom keys. Are bathroom Ooh. keys still a thing? Yeah. It's sort of like, why can't we graduate to like the hotel model where it's like a card or something like that? But especially like it always or an was like app a, on your phone. Oh, there you go. It's always a key. With, that's like connected to a piece of wood or like a very long dangly keychain or a cinder block. Yeah, they don't make it easy. Yeah. They don't the want you stealing block is that what key. You, you don't ever want to go to that bathroom. No. It's like, I have no desire to steal this key. I don't ever want to come back to this bathroom. Yeah, I, I feel like honestly, the bathrooms that are locked are the ones that you least want to go into, yeah. right? Yeah. I like my bathrooms like I like my Florida public record laws. Open and out there and available to everyone. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So is this is this the most pressing thing on the Miami Police Department's docket? I'm starting to wonder because I mean, they're still looking for the guy, right? They're trying to find the culprit who waved a gun in a 7-Eleven six months ago. Didn't shoot anyone, yeah. thankfully. But waved a gun. I'm I'm sure it was scary. Yeah. Like, I'm sure for the clerk it was terrifying. Yeah. But at some point, don't you just say, you know what? Well, let's just call this one a cold yeah, case. Yeah, like and a move statute on. of limitations. It's like, you know, we are in Miami. It's like, I'm glad that we're no longer in the Scarface days. Yeah. But yeah, I guess all the drug dealers and cocaine smugglers have been caught, and now we're looking for you <laughs> all know, the bathroom culprits, the bathroom yeah, bandits. The bathroom bandits. Yeah. That's probably the way that it is. I, I mean, I guess it's something I shouldn't really complain about because at least they're doing some wor work there, but it's like, there's got to be some bigger fish to catch here yeah and I, I think honestly this bathroom bandit just needs to remember what you know mom probably taught him as a child or should have oh yeah if you don't drink a super big gulp on the road trip mm. you're not gonna have to use the bathroom right and then you don't have to pull a gun it's everything kind of works out right nicely it really does yeah. it really does so uh what did we learn this week Corey? Well, i learned that no matter how ugly iguanas look it's mm. a stretch to fear for your life yeah, definitely. Um, I learned instead of throwing the baby out with the bathwater, Florida mm. freaks prefer to chuck the baby with the car chase. Oh, there you go. I also learned that the only list you really want to make in Florida is the nice list at Christmas time. Mm, yeah, and I learned that you have to be really desperate to want to use a 7-Eleven bathroom, but that desperate times call for desperate measures. They certainly do. Well, those were our freakiest Florida finds for the week. And as always, you can find a whole lot of other wacky news stories from across the Sunshine State on our Facebook and Twitter pages. That's right. That's at FLA Freak Show. And while you're on those socials, remember to follow us, like us, and share us. Say it with me, folks. At FLA Freak Show. We're only four followers away from a Three, thousand. actually, now. Three followers now? Yes. Oh, man, we're picking them up like crazy from a 1,000 on Facebook. So please give us some love. And by the way, if you see a Florida story we missed, make sure to share it to us. Uh, Brock Ackerman did that this week. And I have a sneaking suspicion that story may end up on next week's podcast. All right. Thanks so much, Brock. Until next week, I'm Corey O'Donnell. And I'm Kirsten O'Donnell. Till we meet again, remember to let your Florida freak flag fly. Goodbye. Yeah,